Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with another episode of the Chick Foley Show. We were planning on hitting you guys with a Chick's Quickie tonight to just do a quick review of AEW Grand Slam from last night, but those plans got hijacked by the bloodletting from WWE today. So we're going to be going in-depth on all the cuts, uh, you know, our thoughts, what could be next for these guys. But before we do that, let me introduce the star of the show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Fall is in the air. It's like a couple more days until uh, we officially kick off fall. So I'm, I'm in my element right now, feeling good. Uh, go ahead and get out of the way. We don't got uh, Jordan and Marco here to introduce. Tell us what's new on the farm. Uh, not a whole lot. Um, as, as boring as this sounds, I'm super excited. I got in all my seed garlic uh, to plant. You know, when you plant garlic, you got to let it overwinter. So you plant it around like November, let it go through the harsh, cold winter season, and then it pops up in the spring. So I'm, I'm a garlic girl. I, lo- I add garlic to literally everything I cook. Um, so planting a freaking metric boatload of garlic out in the garden. So uh, that's pretty much what's new out there. Tell him about uh, Tully the Turtle making his triumphant return after three months on the Indies. Yeah, so I, I think you guys might remember back in June, Seth found a uh, a box turtle on the side of the road and brought it over to the house. And, uh, you know, the kids were playing with it. We were super stoked. So we just kind of let him roam in the backyard. Cause the Hung gar- around for about four days. Yeah, the, the garden we was popping sitting. off. Yeah, um, you know, he had plenty of to eat. We got him a little water tray back there. And then all of a sudden, Tully just disappeared. Like, you know, under the cover of darkness, just never to show up again. You know, there was plenty of places for him to hide, but we we diligently looked for this little turtle just to see, you know, if he was out there. We looked all around the fence to see if there was places he could dig out. So we we're like, eh, you know, he must he must have found some way out, dude. You know, like it was fun while it lasted for those few days. They will move on to find yeah. a mate also. So they're no like, you know, they we we knew it was like 50-50 at best that he was gonna like stick around. Yeah. But um so anyway, it was like what, like a couple weeks ago, right? Like no, it was last week. It was just last week. Wow, yeah, time has been since the last time we did what's new on the farm. Okay, yeah. So last week I freaking um, went out there, was pulling weeds, you know, pulling all the dead stuff out of the garden, and all of a sudden I see this little shell like tucked behind a board, and I was like, oh no, dude! Like I just thought, like oh my gosh, like Tully's shells back there. Like I thought my maybe he had died or something. Next thing I know, his little legs start pumping, and I'm like, holy shit, man! Like Tully the turtle is alive and well, and he's back in the backyard. So <laughs> I, I showed Seth, showed the kids, we got him out, play with him for a little bit. And then now he's he's disappeared again. Yeah, so I, I was skeptical at first when Sheena first told me he was back. I was thinking it was probably just another box turtle wandered in the backyard because they are the most common turtle here in uh, West Tennessee. But we did some photo analysis and there were some distinctive markings on the shell that perfectly matched up. So it was him. So now we're wondering if, you know, he was hanging around the yard for the past three months and we just missed him, which is possible because like Sheena said, we got a ton of vegetation back here and he is like the absolute perfect camouflage yeah. for our yard. Um, but I don't know. I'm starting to lean towards he did leave and he was kind of just passing back through the night and he knew he, this was, you know, a safe, <laughs> a safe, uh, a safe Harbor in the middle of the storm, man. So he, pu- he pulled in his boat for a night and then he hopped back out looking for pretty, something. yeah, pretty crazy. I, you know, and we have, so we have like a, you know, a wood privacy fence, like all around our, our lot. So it's not like, you know, we have like open area for him to just like crawl in and out. So like he had to have found like a little hole. There's like one spot by the back, the, like the secondary back gate. Back gate yeah. He could probably weasel under. Oh no, we're keeping his, are keeping our eyes peeled now. But like I said, the fact that we didn't see him and we spotted him now he's been gone again. I just, 
as much as we're in that backyard, I can't imagine he's back there just hanging out. So. I know. So we have like a, you know, mythical turtle that just like, you know, comes and goes in the backyard. If we got any uh, turtle enthusiasts, let us know if you guys got any <laughs> theories where he may be going uh, if he is staying in the backyard the entire time. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. Join all the fun with our Foley fam and over on Facebook uh, and get the links to all of our brand partners and our pod foundation brethren at chickfoley.com. Yeah, make sure you guys are using code Chick Foley to save 10% at ringside collectibles. And uh, with with the housekeeping out of the way, I think we can get into it. You know, just go ahead and get into the bloodshed. Run, or- us, run us down the list of all the cuts today. You know, they... We knew last Friday they made a lot of the corporate cuts, getting rid of some of the, um, you know, duplicate offices and stuff like that, the redundancies uh, within the corporate structure of of UFC and WWE merging. Um, It sounded at first like talent cuts were going to be safe, but that proved to not be the case. And um, yeah, hit them with it, Shane. So we got Kevin Ventura Cortez, Bryson Montana, Daniel MacArthur, Yulisa Leon, Shanky, Davicato, Quincy Elliott. Mace, Mansoor, Dana Brooke, Dolph Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin, Top Dollar, Riddick Moss, Elias, Aaliyah, Rick Boogs, Emma, and most notably, I think, well, obviously Dolph Ziggler is pretty notable, but, you know, as far as current things that were going on, Mustafa Ali. Yeah, I, I do want to point out, uh, I was stifling a sneeze there at the end before I pitched it over to Sheena. I wasn't getting emotional about <laughs> maximum male models being released. And you were getting emotional about Dolph Ziggler. We, we all know you, you've been a Dolph Ziggler guy, a hardcore ride or die. Dolph's freaking, the man. I feel like, yeah. I guess we could just start with him. So the, show the thing off, with dude. Dolph, man, you know, not to pick on the hardcore internet fans, but there's so many guys that, you know, people complain about like, oh, this guy's so misused. You know, he's so underappreciated by WWE. Dolph is one of the very few that I think that applies to you because this yeah, dude could have awesome. been and he's had a great career. Like not to say that he's had a bad career. He's had a lot of success. He's been featured from time to time. But I feel like this guy could have been a consistent uh, main eventer with no issues, man. The crowd, which, you know, I think the the proof is in the pudding. Look at how many times he was off TV for months. Yeah. And then as soon as he comes back, the crowd's immediately invested in him and interested in what he's doing, whether it's a heel or a baby face. Yeah. And he's been all over the place. I mean, he like won the NXT championship. Like he's just I don't know. He he makes he he makes everything cool. I, I like Dolph a lot. Do you think he shows up in AEW? I don't know. I hope not. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like AEW is just kind of like a dumping ground for like they're gonna be like, oh yeah, Dolph's here and make a big deal out of him for a few months, and then all of a sudden he's just gonna you know fade into oblivion. Six man tags on Rampage. Exactly, exactly, dude. So I mean, I mean, I hope he has a job. So I'm not like you know, I mean, I know he does like comedy and stuff like that. He's got a lot of other irons in the fire. From here, but- what he talks about, I, I don't think money's an issue. I think he's good on on money. He WWE's definitely compensated him very well. I think yeah. it's just what he wants to do. If I'm him. I think I'm probably taking the the Matt Cardona route of yeah. just like popping in and out of some different indies. Maybe NWA. It'd be cool if we went to NWA, did some shows there. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Unless I, I think he could be, it could be good in AEW with him. I think AEW would be stupid not to get him and feature him. Mm-hmm. But if I'm him, I want some, uh, you know, some commitments and promises on what the, the creative is going to be if I come in. Yeah. I mean, there, I mean. I don't know. Anybody anybody could be cool in AEW. I mean, I mean, AEW is cool. It's the best. But, you know, there's so much just nonsense that goes on a there, too. A lot of too. filler. A lot of filler, dude. Who who else on the list jumps out to you, Shane? Um, 
I mean, obviously we talked about Mustafa Ali. You've always been a Dana Brooke. You've always been a fan of Dana Brooke. So, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been a bigger fan of Emma. I thought Emma could be a real star. I you have been, a, you have been gone. an Emma Mark, dude. Dana Brooke is, has improved big time, but I mean, she's been on the roster since yeah. 2015. I'm so surprised she's, I, I, honestly, I'm surprised she's lasted this long. Um, yeah, she could have been gone at any time going back the last three years. And I don't think anybody would have batted an eye at it. I'm not surprised at this, but it's really a bummer that Elias really never got his, uh, his his due you know i mean he he was i mean he featured a lot but i feel like he could have been more than just like a comedy act he you know? really wasn't featured a lot though man after 2017 and 2018 he kind of faded away like he got a ton of tv time yeah really that first year up on the main roster and was a pretty big deal like the whenever it was time for his segment on raw it always got some of the biggest pops and you know he had some injuries mixed in there and it seemed like They've just not known what to do with him the last couple of years. I mean, he had the freaking Ezekiel thing going yeah. for a while. Um, Bum to see that, dude. Yeah, Elias, Dolph are definitely... Dolph, you know, by far my favorite on this, uh, of the list that got released today. Um, Elias is, you know, a relatively close second. And then Emma's... That's probably the only three I'm really going to miss. Now, Mustafa Ali's the interesting one. We know he had been a little bit of a malcontent over the, the last year, wow. you know, chi- uh, chiming in on uh, social media about wanting his release and stuff. Um, but he's been featured recently. He was due for a uh, title match fighting for the North America Championship against Dom mm-hmm. at the upcoming NXT No Mercy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think because he, he was asking for that when that last round of cuts went right. So I'm I'm shocked that they didn't let him go at that at that point if he was just showing so much discontent. But, you know, I mean, he got what he wanted. So he seems like he's happy. So, I mean, it's hard to feel bad for him. I mean, he want he wanted out. So obviously he's got plans on where he's going next. So. Yeah, I just I'd be careful what you ask for, man. Like True, I said, yeah. He's been, Grass isn't always greener. I feel like I don't really feel like he's been super misused in WWE. I feel like he's kind of been properly used. I don't. I think he's been properly used. I think there's been a lot of missed opportunities for Ali. I mean, remember, um, you know, before WrestleMania 35. I mean, literally Mustafa Ali getting injured kicked off Kofi Mania, dude. So True. it's like there there was there was a lot of potential left on the table with what could have been right. Like, and um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think there's a lot of things that happen with Ali that just kind of never really came to fruition. Rick Boogs is a guy who was always entertaining anytime he was on the screen. So definitely bummed to see him go. Um, yeah, I just, I, hopefully he catches on somewhere else. Cause like I said, he always jumped off. Even if he, if he was in some dumb little five minute segment backstage, he found a way to entertain. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, like I said, a lot of these aren't surprising to me. I feel bad anytime anybody loses their job, especially a, a job that pays as well as WWE, but what about mm-hmm. uh so you know top dollar got released but B Fab and Ashanti are still on the roster? Do you think they still keep Hit Row going? You know we were surprised they kept Hit Row going I mean, after yeah, Swerve exactly. was gone. I think they should just make and it. Swerve a thing was now. like the heart and soul. Yeah, yeah and they now still they, kept it. Yes, yeah, just keep it going now with just the two of them and just you know let it roll until there's no no yeah. Hit Row left. <laughs> Can it be a row if it's just two of them? I mean, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Who else? Who else? Are you upset seeing on here, Shane? I mean, upset. Not really anybody, to be honest. I mean, ouch. I mean, I'm just saying, speaking the truth, dude. There's really nobody on here that I'm just like, you know, heartbroken about. Yeah, like I said, it's hard. The only one that was really surprising was Mustafa Ali from the aspect that he has been featured so much on NXT recently, and then um, just Dolph, just because he just felt like a lifer. You know, he's been there so long. I mean, he's going on almost 18 years. He's been under contract at WWE at this point, so. Uh, I'm hoping selfishly that they sign him to some sort of legends deal so he can at least keep get the fi- keep getting figures of him because he's one of those dudes who doesn't have a bad figure. So I'd love to see more 
more Dolph figures getting pumped out, get them in the Legends line, get us an Ultimate Edition, whatever we got to do. I, I want more Dolph figures because we don't have enough. All right. Moving on, you want to go talk about AEW? Uh, yeah, we can do the beverage break real quick. What are you sipping on tonight as you pod? I forgot to get a freaking beverage. I don't even have, I don't wow. have, I have nothing. Potting I'm, without a beverage. Yeah, I'm, I'm empty handed tonight. Okay. I'm going, I, I'm not doing anything super excited, but I did at least bother to have something to uh, mention for the beverage break. I got a uh, tried true Miller Lite, the unofficial official beer of the Chick fil A show. Yeah. All right. Let me pull up the um, Grand Slam card here. First off, like overall vibes, what would you kind of think of how it came off? It definitely seemed a little bit less of a big deal than it has the first two years of Grand Slam. I thought it was cool. I mean, I thought the fact that there's five matches and I mean, all all the matches seemed like they were they had potential to be really good. I mean, I think it's, uh, Chris versus Sam or Jericho versus Sammy was probably the least exciting of the matches, but. I mean, I think it was still a decent match. I mean, so. as usual with AEW, once the bell rang, it was fine. Yeah, and it was basically a pay-per-view card yeah. um, presented on free TV. But, um, you know, we talked. some of our, our Pod Foundation brethren were there in the arena. You want to pull up the group chat, Sheen, and just we'll, we'll do a direct quote. No need to paraphrase. We, got, we can take it straight from the horse's mouth um, for uh, what Matt had to say. Matt Rustic for the Extra Cooler Show had to say about being at the show. Yeah. We kind of just asked him, like, you know, what was the uh, what was it like compared to years past? Because they've been at every single Grand Slam up there in New York. So he says uh, this is from Matt at Matt Matt's in the cooler uh, on Instagram. Last year, this entrance was packed with people and there were chants and there was a fun environment that was missing for me. But and he's got a picture of the entrance kind of sparsely populated. It yeah. looks like people are just walking in freely. Like it's, you know, it looks like, like a, almost like a shopping mall, like, like a, where it's people just passing by, yeah, you know, just it's casually. Like a, it's like a Hall and Oates concert. It's not one of the biggest <laughs> wrestling shows uh, of the year. Yeah. He said, uh, there was a fun environment that was missing for me, but again, likely because I was later than last year. There was a few guys screaming, yeah, and a true and a true mom's basement dweller <laughs> yelled back, he doesn't even go here, uh, which was hilarious, but killed the chant immediately. Yeah, we do know attendance was down. This was uh, just about an instant sellout the first couple of years this year. They were doing a lot of deep discounts and uh, you know different promotions to try to get uh, tickets sold to fill up the building. So, um, you know, Attribute that to what you will, just the general cooling of AW, CM Punk being gone, no Kenny Omega th- this year. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. a little bit down for AW. But I thought the action delivered. Kicked it off with Eddie Kingston winning the belt against his longtime arch nemesis, Claudio. That's something that they've been building to for a very, very long time. Yeah. And if you guys have listened to this podcast for any period of time, you guys know I have been, and I, I wasn't really super familiar with Eddie Kingston before he joined AEW. Um, and I have been a day oneer for Eddie Kingston. I've, I've shit on his ring gear because his ring gear has been repug <laughs> over the years. Like it's just looked terrible, dude. His street gear, his street gear always looks he on looks point cool when he does his when promos. He, yeah. When he's doing promos and he's just wearing his like casual gear, he always looks super cool. But whenever he's in ring, like looks like a bozo, but that doesn't change the fact that Eddie Kingston is the man. And I have always been team Eddie. So I'm so, I was so stoked that he was able to win the ROH uh, world championship. So I, much deserved. I think, yeah, he's he's the man. Do you think it was a disservice doing this match on AWTV and not saving it for a Ring of Honor pay-per-view? Because this was probably the biggest Ring of Honor match they could put on. Um, Maybe, but I mean, don't you think the viewership on a Wednesday night for AEW would probably, probably be better than a ROH pay-per-view? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's that... Um, 
I guess you always got that toss up. If you want to try to make money or just cash in on the exposure of it, I guess they could always run the rematch on a pay-per-view with some yeah. sort of gimmick. Just felt like could have been a good shot in the arm to get some interest on ROH pay-per-views because, you know, ROH has had trouble building buzz since Tony Khan took it, o- took it over, but I've gotten all the pay-per-views since he bought it and the pay-per-views have been outstanding. Yeah. Um, but I just, a lot of times I but feel you're like, like I'm in the, you're in the top 1% of like hardcore marks though. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't think most people, most people that watch Dynamite are not going and buying Ring of Honor pay-per-views. And that's what I'm saying. But if they knew that there was an Eddie Kingston and Claudio match made of it in it, maybe and the build is looking like Eddie's going to win the belt. Maybe it could, uh, could spike it and then they see some other stuff to get them interested. So yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, you can kind of go either way. It's probably for the best that they kicked it off with grand slam, but I think it also could have been a good move to just save it for the, um, save it for the next ring of honor pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, not really much to talk about on Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sammy finally turned on Chris at the end. Yeah. But the thing about it is, like... The storyline's so complicated. I love Sammy Guevara. He's super, super talented. But between all the different factions they've been in at this point, and I feel like him and Chris Jericho have been friends and not been friends so many times. It just kind of... It kind of fell flat. It wasn't the big moment. I did like the, you know, complete homage they did to WrestleMania 19, HBK, and Sammy Guevara, even down to the, uh, Ring the gear. gear. Yeah, the colors kind of matched up as well. So that was a kind of nice little hit of nostalgia. But... um yeah, it's it wasn't like some big giant shocking heel turn for Sammy to turn on Chris. Yeah. Next up, we got Phoenix versus uh, Mox for the AEW International Championship. This match, I mean, it was a good match, but there was so much just bullshittery that happened. I think Mox got hurt right in the first little bit when he. Um, I, I, everybody, I saw people saying that it was when he did the um, the pile driver, but I think it was before that because everybody was like he was glassy eyed for the first few minutes of the match after he got dove on by by Phoenix. So I think he got that concussion, and then it was just exacerbated after um, you know he took that pile driver. So, and then the freaking. Ref didn't count it as a shoot. Ref's always got like, ref, Ref's got to do as a shoot. We've heard, and again, we're just fans, so you know, feel free. We got Matt Carlos or or Joe Harrison. If you guys are listening, let us know if, if we're wrong on that. But all the wrestling podcasts, everything I've ever heard is the refs should call it as a and shoot. And not even so. that. Like I don't know what Mox was saying. Obviously, we're putting breaking down the fourth wall here. But Mox was looking up at the ref, like screaming something, dude. And yeah. the ref still didn't respond. So it wasn't even like it was just like he was supposed to read Mox's mind, like. Yeah, the announcers, God bless them, they tried to cover for him. I think it was Excalibur that said, oh, and Mox twitched, and that's why, you know, the ref didn't hit the three count. But, yeah, it just – it looked ugly. Uh, sounds like it was just a concussion for Mox, which is great. Hopefully, maybe, you know, just take a couple weeks at uh, take well, a couple weeks off and be back at it. But. True, but what was Phoenix thinking when he hit that and then, you know, realizes that Mox is, like, hurt? So he's like, oh, let's do this again, dude. Let's do this ultra dangerous freaking move that's going to put all this strain on your head. And I mean, head. Mox is about this life, dude. I don't think he was trying to do the Owen Hart, Steve Austin thing where he just gets, yeah, some, you know, some sorry looking roll up and take the three count. If he's going to if he's going to take the loss and I mean, he's already hurt. It's not like you can get more concussed. Like no. you might as well let Ray Phoenix just hit his finish. And uh, I don't know. I think the there's different grades of concussions, dude. I don't think it's like, uh, you know, I think if you can make a concussion worse. Yeah. Well, I don't think he was thinking about that during the match. Um, clearly. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they play this off. Cause clearly whatever, whatever, um, creative they had is now scrapped. Maybe we see Mox just win the belt back in two weeks or 
they can give Ray Phoenix a run. I love Ray Phoenix. I think he's you can make a case for him being the best luchador in the world. So no issues yeah. with him holding that belt. Should lead to some fun action. I am a little pissed because I, you know, clearly by all people that we know said that it was supposed to be Mox that won, and I picked Mox and freaking Picks League and missed that point. Brett was of one of two, two people, people, two people, thirty five person Picks League to pick it. So that yeah. was the only match Brett got right last night. So shout out to the babyface. Yeah. All right, moving on. Soraya versus Tony Storm uh, for the AEW Women's World Championship. Dude, I think sometimes you just got to strike while the iron's hot. Tony Storm, I don't know how, being like, you know, this female VOD villain. She basically recycled the VOD villain's gimmick, has gotten over like Rover, and really like the hottest thing they've had in AW women's division since uh, Jade Cargill was at her peak doing her thing. Um, give her the belt back, man. Yeah. Like, let, let the Soraya's whatever. Um, yeah, I would have had no issue whatsoever seeing Tony Storm win the belt back. It's uh, I wasn't really into it, but kind of just seeing everybody else be into it kind of like just won me over by, I don't know if it's just crowd think or what, but I am finding myself entertained um, by her character work. And she's always been such a great wrestler to go along with it. So I'm glad Tony Storm's finally found something she could sink her teeth into. And I'm hoping, you know, maybe we see her get another shot at the belt the next pay-per-view and uh, at Wrestle Dream. I don't think Soraya's got a match yet for it. So maybe we see them go at it and, uh, and Tony can get the strap back. All right. And last for the main event, MJF defeats Samoa Joe for the AEW World Championship. It was a cool match. Great showing by MJF. Obviously, you get guys like MJF and Samoa Joe in there. I think yeah. it'd be impossible for them to have a bad match. Um, it was cool. I get. I think it let me down a little bit just because I was waiting for something. I was waiting for the next uh, you know, turn in the story of yeah. MJF and Adam Cole. Or when they had that. There was a turn. It was Adam Cole's ankle. Yeah. That was the most <laughs> AEW thing ever, dude. He comes running down to interfere and Jumps manages off. to hurt himself. He's like so little. He just jumped off the ramp and it was too tall for him. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, they had the prolonged celebration at the end. I was just waiting for a turn with either MJF or Adam Cole. Or I was waiting for Edge's music to hit and we see Edge make his AEW debut. But yeah. no, nah, it just goes off the air. Banger of a match, man. Samoa Joe, one of the realest in the game, puts it down again. And it was a good, good, clean, clean ish win, you know, clean, yeah. clean by MJF standards. Yeah. And uh, and he goes over and gets another notch in his belt. Is He's now approaching a year long reign with the belt. Yeah. And he showed the uh, respect to Samoa Joe. They shook hands afterwards. So yeah. that MJF, was... biggest baby face in the biz right yeah. now. And we got to give him props for having the homage to the uh, the Brett commercial. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. So there was a lot, a lot of old school WWF love was shown. Uh, last night by AEW. But overall, I thought it was a great show. Like I said, came off like an old school um, WCW Clash of the Champions where it's just a straight up pay-per-view on free TV. Yep. All right. Well, that is our main event. And uh, you want to go into some listener mail? Let's do it. All right. Oh, fail. Let me pull it up She's here. working on it. Here, I'll hit the sound <laughs> drop. Hit the you sound drop. There one. you go. All right. Jamie Wills sends us some listener mail. He says, which of the release, release talent do you see jumping to AEW for five matches to show how good they are before they feud with Brian Cage and then forming a team with Keith Lee and then to exclusively lose on Rampage tag battles for the next year or so? Oh, man. First off, shout out to uh, Jamie and his friend's podcast, Three Points of Articulation. Definitely check that out. It is a huge resource for keeping up with all of the companies making Hasbro style figures right now. Yeah. Um, Which is I, a big job. Yeah. You know, Sheena had kind of talked about it, how Mustafa Ali has been angling for his release for the last year. 
I feel like if you're being that vocal about it, you obviously, you know, got your eye on what you think is going to be some greener grass in another pasture. So, and I could totally see him, you know, being on rampage, um, you know, this time, two months from now. So I'll say Mustafa Ali to me is the most likely AEW candidate. Yeah, I could see that. I think, yeah, like you said, I think he's had his eye on, um, eye on it for a while. So I could totally see the women. I could see the, I could see Emma going over there. Emma would be great. They could use Emma. Uh, yeah, they Emma need some women. Uh, yeah. You know, Aaliyah's been good. Aaliyah's been in, mm-hmm. she's been uh, solid. She's never had like awful match. For whatever reason, she's kind of just blended in with everybody else that's there. She but doesn't really have like a, you know, a full-blown like character. I think she just like, you well, know. She's had, yeah, she ran through like six different like looks and characters <laughs> yeah, on she NXT. she was like a cat like, for a little while. Every and... time we'd see her, she had something different going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, but yeah. She, she hasn't really come into her She's good. And even Dana Brooke too. Dana mm-hmm. Brooke could be good as, you know, a lackey for one of the bigger stars. So. For sure. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm Tony Khan. I'm either I got a plan to really feature Dolph Ziggler and make him a huge deal, or I'm going and building up my women's division and grabbing up some of these released females. Yep. Um, and he also added on, tagged onto the end. What's your top Ziggler match? Um, I think I've had this one as a retro recommendation of the week and talked about it a few times before. It's a little bit of a hidden gem. It was the first match on the card. TLC 2014, Luke Harper and Dolph Ziggler. One of the best one-on-one ladder matches you're going to see anywhere. Uh, it's outstanding. So Luke Harper defending the Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match against Dolph. Um, I'm going to go with Survivor Series 2014. It was like Team Cena versus Team Authority. Um, Dolph Ziggler, you know, went bell to bell. He was the, the sole survivor of, um, you know, team of Team Cena to win and put the put the authority out of power and you know that's, that's 2014 was a good year for Dolph hell of, yeah that was the month right before the TLC match it was a hell of a performance from him uh you know rumor has it that he basically got the spot that Roman was gonna have but you remember Roman had that uh hernia and was out for like three mm-hmm. months um towards the end of 2014 so uh yeah Dolph goes damn near 50 minutes in the match and is the sole survivor that's another great one um, Brian Vermeer says, we know TK's foaming at the mouth right now. Do you see AEW grabbing up these, uh, stats and burying their homegrown or stars. Th- stars, these stars and burying their homegrown talent, WCW style? I don't see him burying them. Yeah. I could see him grabbing up a big chunk of these and they just become more like mid card fodder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dolph, maybe Elias could really do something over there. They're the only two that I think have main event potential on the, uh, on the other side. Um, Johnny JB says with Jay Cargill allegedly being signed by WWE, do you think she'll go straight to the main roster or start in NXT? Any dream first opponents for her? Ooh. I think Becky would be a good opponent for her, man. Becky, yeah. if, I'm assuming they're going to bring her in as a heel. Becky's the biggest baby face, um, in WWE. Uh, I, I could totally see that one, man. Um, and Becky's a veteran, right? Like Becky can mm-hmm. lead her through some matches, you know, in a perfect world, she'd go to NXT for a little bit. Maybe if NXT was more like it was, like NXT 1.0, yeah. I could see her going to NXT for about a year or so and continuing to develop. Um, but I just think she's too big of a star right now, man. You got to put her on the main roster, even though she's still still got a little bit of experience to get under her belt in the ring. But yeah, I think Becky'd be a great first one. Um, and then maybe down the road, you know, she's obviously the comparisons are there between her and Bianca Belair. That'd be incredible. Oh, her and Bianca would freaking hit, dude. That would be, oh, that would be so good. Um, which of the released, uh, this is from Brian Vermeer as well. Which of the released wrestlers do you want to see in a blood and guts line and who would the match be against? It's already talked about it, man. Let, make it Dolph, dude. We, let's let Dolph go to uh, have some GCW like deathmatch style matches in uh, in AW. You know, let him go and re- renew his rivalry with Mox. You know, him and Dean Ambrose had some good matches uh, back in WWF. Let, let's get some uh, 
uh, some Dolph and and uh, Mox matches there in AEW and let the let the bloodshed. Let the bloodshed. Zach Hertzler, favorite shit row moment. Probably that time when Top Dollar thought he could do like oh, a over the top rope Undertaker style <laughs> suicide dive and like just damn near broke oh, his neck. Oh, that was so bad. Poor Top Dollar. Um. He, uh, Zach Hertzler also said, how invested are you with the MJF and Adam Cole storyline? I mean, I think it's the biggest thing that w- or AEW has going on right now. So, uh, yeah, pretty invested, dude. I think it's I think it's awesome. I think it's been great for MJF. It's definitely been a come up for, for Adam Cole. He kind of was just kind of like simmering there in the mid card. So I think it's done nothing but elevate Adam Cole. So. Uh, I'm here for it. I hope it. I hope it goes on for a long time. I'm. I, I think. I think they could really build this out and create some awesome matches and some awesome storylines around it. I firmly disagree. I still stick with my original take. I think it, they are performing it very, very well. But for me, main event, world championship level, like I, too much, too much funny, too much comedy for me, man. I, I love comedy in my wrestling in the mid card, even in the upper mid card. But when you're fighting for the biggest prize in the game. You know, you need to be taking it seriously. And I've just seen a little bit too much comedy from those guys. And again, hats off to both the performers. They're going out and just executing the creative that's laid out for them. And they're nailing it. Adam Cole and MJF can both do comedy really, really well. But just for my personal taste as a wrestling fan, um, I'd rather be a little bit more serious when you get up towards the top of the card. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that wraps up listener mail for us tonight. All right. Again, use code Chick Foley to save 10% at Ringside Collectibles. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners they can find you on social media and give us some closing thoughts. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco running the Twitter machine at Chick Foley show. You can find the links to all of our brand partners and our uh, pod foundation brethren at chickfoley.com. You can also join our Foley fam over on Facebook there. So make sure you uh, check into that. And for closing thoughts, happy fall y'all. <laughs>